0: just great to come and share the word this morning. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Just good to be able to come and share. Isn't it great to be together? You know, it's great to be the church, isn't it? You know, I, I think sometimes we, you know, we don't appreciate it enough. We take each other for granted a bit, I think, you know. Why don't you look at the person next to you and smile? Do you know what I mean? It might, might do them good. Do you know what I mean? Might, okay, might scare some people. I don't know, but you know because we are the body of Christ. You know, we are joined together. I I don't know, but I meditate sometimes on the body of Christ, being the body of Christ. It's quite an interesting thing to think about, that actually we are and we belong together. We encourage one another. We help one another. We share together. We are joined together. Every supporting ligament does its work. That means each of us is really important in the church. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? But we are the church. We are the people who who cause it to be. And so I, I just... You know, good to remember that sometimes. We're in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. This little passage has been on my mind really all week, and uh, I've just been kind of like uh, meditating on it. I just want to pull a few things out of it this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I'm going to preach on that in a couple of weeks, okay? That's not this morning, but that's coming. Um, You know, rejoice in the Lord always. Isn't it good to rejoice? I can't preach that message now. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, as we heard this morning in Mary's testimony, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, if your heart and your mind is in trouble today, you need to guard it with the help of bringing it to the Lord in prayer. That's where it starts. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Can I suggest that you read those few verses every day for the next week and it will change your perspective on this week coming? Yes, pastor, what a great idea. Amazing. So insightful, David. Wonderful. Can I just imagine, you know, you get up in the morning and you look at it and just read it. Say, here we are, Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. But Lord, here's my reasons not to rejoice today. Friends, you can't even dare say that to God, can you? You've got to say, Lord, here's a reason I can rejoice. Here's something I can be thankful today. Lord, I am going to rejoice. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself to rejoice. Here's a deal. It's better you tell you than someone else. Has anybody ever said to you, Tell your face to smile. Have ever said that to you sometimes? I think, oh, it's so much better that you tell your face to smile. You know, rejoice in the Lord. Oh, that's coming. I want to talk today about these four little words found in verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Wow. Come on, folks. The Lord is near. Here's the a, here's a truth, friends, it doesn't matter where you are, the Lord is near. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life, the Lord is near. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Come on, oh, well, well, we've got a preacher at the back as well this morning. <laughs> the Lord is near. Friends, it needs to change everything. I just wanted to get, get that into your head today. The presence of God changes everything. Now, I know in this context, it's an amazing thing. We're going to look at it in a minute. But his presence, his nearness in this context is talking not just about his proximity, but it's talking about his promise. The promise of him coming. The promise of him coming to the world and to redeem us. And, and so he's encouraging the people of God saying, come on, people of God, the Lord is near. He's coming. He's with you. He's going to be with you. And so I want us just to kind of uh, hold on to that today. I want us to to think about that. Because the whole gospel is found up in this little phrase, the Lord is near. Because Jesus, God made a way for him to come near to us. And more importantly, for us to come near to him. That's the heart of the gospel right there. That's what we proclaim. That's what we teach. God has made a way for people to be close to him. And so his promise to the people throughout the scripture is, I am with you. His words to the disciples, he left them, was, I am with you. His promise to, the, uh, uh, um, to John through the Revelation, book of Revelation is, I am coming soon. Wouldn't it be great if God came back this morning? Some of us aren't convinced, are we? Some of us think, I've got a nice joint in the oven. Nah. If you could put it back to four, that'd be great. See, the Lord, but you see, the Lord is coming soon. Friends, see, we need to live, the church needs to live. You see, today, friends, there is a challenge to us to live with a sense of the Lord being near, near to us. And it it changes our perspective, it changes everything about us. It is this closeness, this nearness that sets us apart. Remember in the story of of when the Lord came to Moses and said, come on, I uh, want to send you over here and I want you to go in and take this land. And Moses says to him, "Uh, uh, don't don't send us unless you, you go with us. He says, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else? This is it. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Friends, the thing that sets us apart is the closeness of God. The nearness of God. Oh, amen. Great point, Dave. See, I think sometimes we take for granted the presence of God. We, 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 we try and engage with the presence of God in, in, in different ways. And, and sometimes it's, oh, well, I didn't like the songs this morning. That doesn't make any difference. It's too hot in here. That doesn't make any difference. We've got people worshiping Jesus in 45 degrees today around the world. They're having a good time. Sometimes we forget that actually there's an incredible privilege of the Lord being near to us. I want to talk about his presence in our lives this morning, but maybe from a slightly different angle to what we've had uh, in the past. Firstly, I want to talk about his restraining presence, his restraining presence. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He comes close to help us change the way that we live. Let your gentleness be evident. He says, you know what? You need to remember how you treat other people and how you are seen to behave in other, for other people because the Lord is close by. Isn't that amazing? Not too many amens in the house this morning. See, the presence of God, when we understand that he's near, it affects how we interact with other people. When we understand that God is with us, it causes us to, to develop a different mentality, a different attitude. We start to develop the fruit of the Spirit. It, you know, I, I reflect on these verses, the Lord is near, as I'm meeting with people. I've been reflecting on these verses as I've been driving my car. I've been reflecting on these verses in the conversations I've been having, in the, uh, in the, in the, in the ways that I've been relaxing with people. I've just been saying, the Lord is near. If the Lord is near, it matters, And so we need to understand the restraining presence of God in our lives. There's that proverb that's often quoted, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And, and in our mad leadership day, we, we assign that to having a clear vision of where we're going. But actually, it's to do with our understanding of how close God is. Because when you know that the Lord is with you, it changes you. I don't mean just that he's with you, but when you know that the Lord is near. Come on, let's face it. We behave differently when we're with other people, don't we? Have you ever noticed? We, we speak differently when we're with other people. And we have to remember that there's a restraining of it. Why do we need to understand that the presence of God is close and important to us? Because actually when we know that, then it changes how we live. See, if you think you're not, uh, there's a great little book written by um, Bill Hybels, um, Who Are You When No One's Looking? And it's a challenge to how we live. You know, it's a challenge to our integrity. It's a challenge to, are we we really who we pretend to be? Are we, you know, because we all have a public face and a private one. But the Lord is near to us. And so... Paul says, you know, uh, to to the Philippians, he says, come on, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let everybody see that actually God has changed you in how you treat and how you engage with people because it's important that it comes out of that, the, the restraining presence of God. Paul says that we deal with people differently because God is near to us. Hey, that's something we could all remember this week, isn't it? See, it's all right to have these amazing worship times, but actually, the importance of that is that when we leave the place, we take the Lord with us, and that actually we say, you know what, I've got to respond differently here. Sometimes I find myself having to just say, you know what, Lord, I've just got to change here, haven't I? I can't just do what I want to do, I've got to do what you want me to do, because you're near to me. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth, looking for people whose hearts are devoted to him, that he may strengthen them. So God comes and he brings his restraining presence. Second one is he brings a strengthening presence to our lives. Acts 23, verse 10. uh, Paul is... uh, uh, just testifying to the Lord and a riot kicks off and everything becomes difficult. It says this "This dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces. So he ordered the troops to go down and take him away from force and bring him into the barracks. And the following night, the Lord, listen to this, stood near Paul. Isn't that lovely? The Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Friends, his nearness brings strength. Now, I want you to think about this. He didn't say to Paul, I'm close to you, and therefore, everything's going to change right now. He didn't say, everything's going to be, this is all going to go away. He said to him, take courage, I'm close to you, and you will do the thing I've called you to do. See, sometimes God's purpose in our lives is, it's not to uh, always get it to disappear, but it's to strengthen us to do what he's called us to do. Oh, amen, Dave. Great point. Come on. Sometimes it's not about God removing things. We'll talk about rescue in a minute, friends, but, but sometimes I need you to know, some of you are in a situation and you need to know the Lord's near, not necessarily to change it, but to strengthen you to go through it. Sometimes you just want God to work it all out, take it all away. Have you ever done everything? You know, you've ever come to God and said, I know I did this. I know I did that. I know I did this. I know I've ended up here. Please, can you just take it all away, God? You're the God of the impossible. Fix all my problems. And God says, hey, I'm close to you. I'll strengthen you. Let's work it out. It's not that he can't change it all, friends. It's that he knows we need to work it out for ourselves. He knows we have to walk it through. He knows sometimes we have to put it right, what we've put wrong, so that we can actually change our lives and learn something from it. It's just like we discipline our children, don't we? We don't fix it all for them all the time. Otherwise, they just become spoilt and petulant. Not talking about you, Ben, obviously. He's at the back, I forgot. We train them, we teach them, we make them understand the consequences. Why? Because actually we want our presence to strengthen them to be able to face the challenges of life. Friends, God's no different with us. He's near to you because he wants to strengthen you. Some of you are in a place today, God, please sort this. He's going, no, I'm going to strengthen you so you can live it, so you can work it out, so you can walk it through. Psalm 73 says, as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord, my refuge. There's something reassuring about the presence of God just so that he's able to strengthen us in the situation. You remember Paul himself, who's writing these words, says to God in in another place, uh, and just in 2 Corinthians, he was suffering so much with something, he says, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. Have you ever been there? Please, Lord, just work this out. Please, God. And the Lord says to him, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in you in your weakness. Come on, I'm here to encourage you and strengthen you. And so I want you to see today, for some of you, the Lord is near and he's here to strengthen you in the situation you're in so that you might understand that he's going to come close. Thirdly, his encouraging presence. I love this uh, story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Luke 24, when the two guys are walking on the road to Emmaus after Jesus has died, and uh, they're discussing everything that's gone on, and saying, oh, we thought Jesus was it, we thought everything was going to change, and it says, and Jesus come along, and he walks with them. I love that picture, don't you think that's a lovely picture? And, and he says, he starts to explain to them all, oh, he sees they're downhearted, and he can't, they don't know who he is, he's, he's hidden from their sight, the Bible says, that's cool, isn't it? Whew. They don't understand. They don't recognize him. And as he talks to them, he starts to unpack the scriptures. And he starts to encourage them about the purposes of God. And then he goes in and sits down with them and has communion. And his eyes were opened. And you know what they say? They say our hearts were burning within us as we walked down the road. you know why? Because the Lord was near. And he was speaking to them. And they were receiving encouragement into their lives. Friends, I want you to know God comes to encourage you. And sometimes you don't even know it's him. Hello? Sometimes he's just speaking to you through other people, through situations, through circumstances, but all of a sudden it's his encouragement, because he's near to you and you understand it, you begin to just receive from God revelation and understanding, and you start to feel better about stuff. Amen. Because God's in the house. Sometimes you just start to focus yourself on, on, the, on the Lord. You start to meditate on the Lord. You start to, you know, encourage yourself. They said David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's a good thing to do, isn't it? Yes, Dave, marvelous point. Sometimes we look to everybody else to encourage us, don't we? When honestly, we should be able to have the skill in our lives to encourage ourselves. You know what? I've taken hold of God. I've, I've, I've got hold of him because he's near. I've received his encouragement into my life and into my situation. I love the fact that God encourages and Jesus walks alongside these despondent, uh, disillusioned, uh, disappointed people. And he begins to encourage them. I want you to know, some of you are in that place today, God's here to encourage you. Just by his presence, he's near to you to encourage you. Uh, sometimes you want other people to do it. Listen, we get disappointed with other people, don't we? Because we think they should always know and they don't. Anybody else been in that situation? Well, I don't know where they were when I was in trouble. They were in the same place you were when they were in trouble just trying to get on with their lives, just trying to be supportive, trying to be friends. Hey, we're all human. But there is one who sticks closer than a brother. He comes and encourages, speaks into our soul, speaks into our heart. Number four, his convicting presence. See, when the Lord comes, he brings conviction. the word for it. Remember that story of the disciples in the boat, fishing, Caught all night and caught nothing. Fished all night and caught nothing. And then the Lord says, put the nets down on the other side. And they they put the nets down and have such a large catch, they have to call another boat to come and drag it in. And it says this, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. See, when God starts to reveal his presence, the focus goes off everybody else and it comes on you. You ever known that? See, when, when, his, when, when you become aware of him, when you begin to understand that he's with you, you stop being so concerned about whether everybody else is doing what you want them to do and what they should do, and you start to deal with you and God. Because at the end of the day, it's between you and God, friends. It's not between you and the other person. And Peter just recognizes whoever this is. He doesn't really get who Jesus is at this moment, but he bows before him and he says, all of a sudden, I've been able to fish here all night, but now you're here, all of a sudden I realize I am, I'm in serious trouble on my own. He says, I'm not even sure I can stay in your presence, Lord. I'm not even sure I can stand here in your presence. Why? Because the presence of God, he's come so close that all of a sudden he's stripping away the veneer of respectability that we carry in ourselves and, and he starts to reveal himself to us. It's an amazing story in um, the prophet Isaiah. If you look at the read of the prophet, he, he's called to prophesy to the nations. And the first uh, five chapters of Isaiah, he often says this, Woe to you, woe to you, sinful nation, people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. Nice, eh? <laughs> yeah. It's like one of Matthew's sermons. I mean, um, and, uh, you know, it's just, just, you know, just speaking condemnation, speaking over them, judging them. And, and he was right to judge them. They were evil. But then in chapter 6, we have this amazing story. It says, I saw the Lord, and his train filled the temple. And the angels cried, holy, 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 holy. And I fell to my knees, and I said, woe to me, for I am unclean. And I'm a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the glory of God. See, here's the truth, friends. If we really understood what God was doing in our lives, then perhaps we wouldn't be so quick to condemn others. We'd be quicker to bow the knee before the Lord. We wouldn't be so quick to judge others. We'd be quicker to bow the knee and say, Lord, have mercy on me because I'm a sinner. See, that's what communion's all about, folks. Do you realize that, don't you? Communion is that opportunity where we come and we sit before God and we say, Lord, have mercy on me because I'm sinful. And I have to rely on your blood shed for me and your body broken for me to have any hope in this broken world. I haven't got anything to bring, Lord. I just have to cling to what you've done for me. And the grace of God begins to flow into our lives and to our situations. So when he's close to us, we become aware of our need to repent. That's why we need to have a sensitivity to that. Because when we, when we forget that, it's easy just to think other people are at fault. But when we remember it, we start to think, okay, Lord, I need to change. Remember the story of uh, Jesus coming to the, the Pharisees and the teachers And they were just about to stone a woman caught in adultery. She was guilty, no doubt about it. The law demanded that she would be stoned to death. And they said, the law of Moses says we should stone this woman. What do you say? And I love the answer of Jesus. He says, he just looked at them and said, you is without sin, cast the first stone. And these self-righteous Pharisees who were about to stone this woman who was guilty sat and looked and i can just imagine the presence of jesus just there can you and the conviction of his presence just started to come out and they began to look at him this one they were trying to trap and realized that actually he'd turned the tables on them because they realized none of them could throw that stone and the guilt began to rise in them the conviction of their sin see jesus brings a convicting presence Because he wants to deal with the issue of sin. Not because he wants to condemn us, friends. Because he wants to change us. Maybe you're here in this place this morning and, and you know you've got to deal with the issue of sin in your life. However it's wrapped up, however it's manifested, whatever it looks like, it's a convicting thing. And even in his presence, you just become aware of it. And you feel maybe overwrought about it. You feel, I can't get close to God because he's just going to condemn me. Friends, he'll never condemn you, but he will change you because his convicting presence leads you to repentance so that you might find life and so that you might experience his grace his convicting presence works in us the Lord is near and then finally this morning I want to talk about his delivering presence oh great point Dave what a fantastic truth that is His delivering presence, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. All of a sudden, we come into this revelation that when he's with us, that actually evil has a boundary, that, that they can't overwhelm us because we are his. They can't rob us of what is truly life because we are his. Friends, I'm not saying that you'll never have any trouble, but I'm saying to you that in trouble, Jesus is always there to deliver his people and to set them free and to give them hope and a future. And so therefore, we need to come with that un- understanding in our heart. His presence casts out fear. His presence brings hope and peace. You know, you might be in the dark valley today. The Lord is near. You might be caught in the storm today. The Lord is near. And in all these places, his presence brings deliverance. His presence brings Freedom. This is what the Lord says. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, uh, and they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. The Lord comes, and he promises deliverance for his people. I don't know about you, but his presence means things can change, friends. His presence means that things and situations can be turned around in our lives. This is the God who is near to us. And sometimes we just have to allow our our vision to expand of who God is. Lord, in this situation, I confess and declare who you are. He came to Moses in the wilderness, in the fiery bush, and he said, I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out. I'm concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them. What a great verse. Hallelujah. Oh, what a great verse. I'm going to read it again. I've seen the misery of my people. I think you must have been watching this congregation. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. Julius, gave me the nod. Stop it now. <laughs> I've come down to rescue them. Friends, isn't it amazing? The closeness of God can change everything if we understand it. See, this isn't, about, this isn't about moments, friends. This isn't about just little experiences of life. This is about the truth of his presence in our lives. The Bible says this, come near to God and he Will come near to you it, it's not it's not a th- it's not a threat it's a promise come near to god and he'll come near to you the lord is near friends to every situation of our lives to every circumstance that surrounds us he is near and i pray today that you would have a revelation of the presence of god with you his restraining presence that causes us to live differently I pray that we would have a revelation of that. That we would understand that wherever we go, his restraining presence is with us. That we would treat other people differently because he is near. That would be aware of it. That we'd, that we'd have a different perspective because he is near. That we wouldn't just give ourselves to these things. His strengthening presence. That we'd recognize that he comes to empower us and to give us Grace. For the situations that you're in. You know, just as I was preparing this, I know some of you are in those, you just need strength today. The Lord is near, friends. The Lord is near. His encouraging presence, that he comes and speaks a word of life to you, that he comes and says something that lifts you up and raises you up, that just his voice can change everything because he's here with us. His convicting presence. You know, sometimes as we become more aware of him, we become more aware of the conviction of our need to change our lives. Maybe this morning, that's you. You're in that place. Just even as we've been here singing and listening and understanding all that he has to say to us, we just recognize the voice of God, his presence speaking to us. And we know, like Peter, I know I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. I need to get right with God. It could be the place that we're in today. His delivering presence. He comes close to set us free and to deliver us from evil. Let's pray together. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. It's a truth. He's here. He's close to us. He's close by his word and by his spirit. He's close in his promise that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And this morning I just believe that the Lord just wants to strengthen his people. I even think maybe he wants to deliver one or two and set you free and rescue you. But I'm going to pray in a moment. Just a short prayer over us as we close our service. But I just believe that maybe here today, this is a word for you, a reminder for you that the Lord is near. And so even as we come to close our service this morning I just want you to in a moment we're going to stand everybody's going to stand and I'm just going to pray this prayer over each of us that his presence would fill our lives and that we would go in the grace of God if you need prayer for something specifically this morning listen we'll make time for that after the service no problem at all i love to pray that God would set you free deliver you no problem at all but uh, just, just right now we're going to pray over everybody just that we would become increasingly aware that he's near to us and that his presence changes everything. So, I wonder would you stand with me just as we come to close our service? I pray today that the Lord would be near to each one of us. I pray that as you walk with him, you would be more aware of his closeness and his presence, both in how you live day by day and in the core beliefs that you have about him that are the basis of your faith. I pray that you may overflow with his spirit and with his presence so that your life will be strengthened as you live for him and so that you may hear what he says to you as you journey with him and so that you might know his deliverance in the circumstances that surround you day by day. I pray, Lord God, today that you would keep us close to you. Lord, we come near to you today because you are our refuge and our strength and because you are God. And we pray, Lord, that you would surround each one of us, Lord, today as we leave this place with that sense of your presence, Lord, that changes how we see, Lord, this world and our role in it. So I thank you for your faithfulness to us. I commit us to your keeping in Jesus' name. Amen.